Hey, glad you guys are here. Oh, I thought we were going to leave you in the dark there for a little while, huh? Uh, glad you guys are here. Hey, Merry Christmas. Man, I'm glad you guys are joining us. And for those of you who are joining us online this, this uh, evening, I'm glad that you guys are joining us as well. Uh, we are, I mean, wasn't that, isn't that a beautiful song? Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. If you know anything about me, if you've been around here before, here's one thing that you know about me. I love Christmas. I mean, I love Christmas everything about Christmas, okay? It's the only time that I like that it's dark early and that we don't ever see the sun because it just like, there's something so exciting about the lights and the energy and the anticipation and people decorating their houses. I love Christmas. But one of the reasons that I love Christmas so much is that when it comes to a celebration, the celebration of Christmas is just such a simple and profound and beautiful truth. It's so like, it's so easy to understand that even children understand the celebration of Christmas. There's an author um, in the Bible named Matthew, and he writes, when he's talking about this thing that we're celebrating in Christmas with Jesus being born, he, he writes in Matthew 1, 23, he sums up the whole message, the profound, simple, beautiful message of Christmas in one word. He says this. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. That's it. That's the whole message of Christmas right there. Emmanuel, that one word, Emmanuel. He translates it for us because it's actually a Hebrew word, and he says this, which means God with us. Emmanuel, God with us with us. It's what, it's what sent the shepherds running back into the city, into the surrounding areas, into the fields, celebrating. Was this simple, single word, Emmanuel, God with us. It's what led the wise men to uh, run, to chase after, searching after the star, to chase after, trying to find this new king for uh, about two years. I don't know if you know this, but the wise men didn't actually show up in the manger scene, in the nativity scene. They showed up years later when Jesus was a toddler, but they spent two years searching for him. The reason they did, and they brought gifts, and they laid him at his feet, and they worshiped him as a king was because this word, Emmanuel, it makes all the difference. It's the difference between a creator who, who sets things in motion and then wanders off, apathetic and uninterested in his creation. It's the, it's the good news of the gospel. It's the good news of why we celebrate that, for, that God took a stake and put it in human history 2,000 years ago and declared for all time, for all people, that, God, that he is a God who is with us. John, another writer, he says it this way. When he's talking about Jesus' birth, he said, the word, which is, which is uh, John's nickname for Jesus. It, it just means Jesus. Jesus became human and made his home among us. Became human and made his home among us. Uh, another translation, another way that somebody translates the original Greek, he, he says that he moved into the neighborhood and see, here's the, here's the deal. Sometimes that's hard to believe, right? Maybe 2020 has been the best example for many of us in all of our lives, that sometimes it's hard to believe. Uh, 
that God's moved into the neighborhood, that, that God's made a home in our neighborhood, that he has become flesh and blood and he dwells amongst us, that God is with us. Maybe, maybe over this last year, it's been hard. Maybe over this last year, there's been bitterness and anger or fear and worry that's risen up in you. And it's hard to believe that God is with us, that God, that, that, that we worship and serve and we celebrate in Christmas a God who is with us. Maybe, maybe this year you've chosen yourself to engage in some things that have stirred some, some bitterness or maybe regret or remorse. And it's hard to imagine that in those moments that God is with you. It's crazy, though, to think that of all the words that God uses to describe himself and his relationship to us is this one word, Emmanuel. That, that the God that we worship and celebrate in Christmas is a God who is with us. He's, he's with us, like, right now. Luke, again, another guy, he, he records the way this is, the story is recorded, and he says this. He says, the angel went to her, being Mary... And said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. I, I wonder sometimes why he felt that he had to say that. The angel, you think about it? I, I wonder if it's maybe because like many of us, that it's easy for us to forget I mean, Mary wasn't anybody important. Mary wasn't anybody significant. Mary was in a nowhere village. A, 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 a teenage girl that, that in, in their culture had little value or significance to anybody outside of her immediate family and her, her fiance and Joseph. And the angel shows up to her and the thing, the, one of the first things he wants her to know is this truth, is that God is with you. Is that God is with you. You see, what scripture teaches us is that when we are alone, that God is with us as our companion. That when we are lost, that God is with us as a guide. That when we are weak, that God is with us as our strength. That when we are sick, that God is with us as our healing. That when we are hurting, that God is with us as our hope. And that when we find ourselves enwrapped in sin and brokenness and rebellion, that God is with us as our Savior, that God is the God of comfort for those in brokenness, fear, and pain. And maybe at the end of 2020, this is what you need to hear again, is that what we celebrate in Christmas is that God is with you. There's, there's a bunch of words that God uses to describe himself, and, and one of them is this, parakaleo is, is the Greek word, parakaleo. And parakaleo literally means one who comes alongside, that this is how God describes himself, is he's the one who comes alongside us, comes alongside us. But I've got, I've got two kids, right? You, you've probably heard about them, a daughter named Brooklyn and a son named Luke. And uh, nobody ever taught me this, but you probably did the exact same thing, is that parents uh, almost always say the same thing to their children when a child is scared or when a child gets hurt, right? If your child comes in and they've seen something or heard something and, you know, something went bump in the night and it's dark and they come running into you and they come to you, you and they're like, you know, on the verge of tears and they're crying and you grab them. Or if, they, you know, they've been riding out riding their bike in the front yard and they crash and they skin their knee and they come running into the house 
and you pick them up, right? You pick them up and almost always the thing that parents always say is, is hey, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Hey, 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 daddy's here, daddy's here. It's okay, it's okay, daddy's here, right? To try and comfort a, a, an aching child, daddy's here. And scripture tells us that God describes himself as a good father. And I wonder if for many of us tonight, that what we need to hear again is God, our father, grabbing hold of us and just saying, hey, 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 daddy's here. Daddy's here. Daddy's with you. But not only does Emmanuel mean that God is with us, it, it, it also means, it literally means God with us. It not only means that God is with us, but it also means that God was with us. But sometimes, sometimes the easiest way to see God moving in your life is to actually look in the review mirror and see what he's done in the past, to see the protection and provision he's provided for you. This is what, the, uh, this is what it says in Genesis. It's telling a story about a man named Joseph. Now, Joseph, you may have had a hard month or hard year, Joseph counted his hardship in decades, okay? And, and Joseph finds himself in prison for years, right? And this is, this is what it says. When it's recounting and telling back the story after the fact, this is what it says. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, the Lord was with Joseph. There's a Danish philosopher named Kierkegaard, and, and he says this, life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. Sometimes we need to look back to see the ways that God's provided and protected us. And I wonder if today, if you would be honest enough, if you sat and thought back through your life and through some really big moments of trauma and fear or uncertainty and questions and transition, if you wouldn't see the goodness of God and him protecting and providing for you through those seasons. Sometimes to see the power of God's presence today, we have to look back to see the ways he's been with us already before. Uh, there's a, a pastor and author, and, and he tells a story about, he was, uh, he was speaking at a conference in a big city, and so they're downtown, and they're staying at this hotel, and uh, he and his buddy he was with, they went to go um, eat for dinner, and so they went out to dinner, and they were walking back to their hotel, and they came walking by um, a bar, and he said it was, you couldn't have scripted it. It was just like, a, like an old Western movie. Like all of a sudden, the, the doors of the bar come flying open, and a body comes tumbling out into the street, right? And then another guy who's already kind of bloodied up comes out, you know, kind of chasing after this guy that he clearly has catapulted out in the street. And a crowd begins to follow them out to watch this brawl that clearly started in a bar has now progressed to be out into the street. And these people begin to gather around as these two guys are intent on just doing damage to each other, right? And he said, he, he's, a, he's kind of a short guy. He's got a little bit of a high-pitched voice. And he said, but, but something in me knew that as a, as a pastor, like, I had to do something. I couldn't just, like, sit here and, like, act like I was watching an MMA, uh, MMA fight and just, like, let these guys beat each other up, you know? So, so he says, in, like, the deepest voice I could muster, I, I said, hey, stop. And he said, everyone stopped and looked at him. And for a moment, he was convinced that all of their anger was about to turn on to him. 
And they said they just turned and walked away. And he started to think of himself. <laughs> well, I'm a pretty intimidating person, apparently, right? Me and my 64-year-old self with a high-pitched voice. I'm an intimidating body up in here. And they looked backwards, and he realized that there was a six-foot-seven former NFL linebacker standing behind him. You see, sometimes, sometimes to know the power and the truth of God's presence with us, we have to look back and see that he's been with us the whole time. But Emmanuel doesn't just mean that. It doesn't just mean that he's with us. It doesn't just mean that he was with us, but it means that he will be with us. You see, our hope is founded in the historical uh, realities, in the historical markers that God placed in human history that changed the trajectory of all of human history. That, that we, can, we can know that God is with us now and that God is with, has been with us and so that we can have the confidence and hope to know that no matter what tomorrow holds, that God will be with us. Because you see, here, here's the truth. Not a one of us know what tomorrow looks like. There was, there was an ignorant time almost 365 days ago you remember that day? December 31st. We all stood, maybe with apple cider, sparkling apple cider, or with champagne, or uh, we all stood and, woo, 2020, it's my year, yeah! Right? I don't know how many churches I know that did campaigns leading up to a 2020 vision. I don't think that they painted sketches of just an absolute train wreck on top of a dumpster fire. None of us have any clue what tomorrow's gonna look like. We don't know, we can't plan. I mean, we can do our best to plan, we can make, we can, we can try and look forward, we should look forward, we should plan for it, we should make uh, plans for what tomorrow's gonna look like, but we don't know. We don't know, but our hope, our hope in moving forward into another tomorrow is this, is that we worship the God who calls himself Emmanuel, God with us, that he is with us, he's been with us, and he will be with us, whatever tomorrow holds. Romans says it this way. Romans says it this way. Paul's writing to the church at Rome, and he says this, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Those are a lot of things. He didn't say that. I added that. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced, and that's probably not a firm enough word, that neither life nor death, neither angels nor demons, nor the present nor the future, nor any powers neither height nor depth or anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Not your doubts, not your questions, not your fears, not your mistakes, not your regrets, not your worry, not your brokenness, not your failures. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. You see, we worship and celebrate the God who is with us, who was with us, and will be with us regardless of what tomorrow looks like. That, that's why I love Christmas. 
Because God put on flesh and he came after us to be with us, to declare for all of human history, for all time, that he is the God who is with us. That he is the God who's with us. You remember God described himself as the, the parakleos, that he's the one who comes beside us. That, that God wants to walk with you. He wants to walk beside you. He wants to carry you. He wants to be your loving father. He wants to be goodness and kindness and grace and mercy. He wants to redeem and restore all that is broken in you. He wants to do that. The question this Christmas is not whether we serve a God who wants to walk with you, but whether you want to walk with him. Whether you want to walk with him into an unknown future, we worship and celebrate this Christmas, a God who's come after you. In a moment, we're going to take candles. I hope you guys got one as you came in, but we're going to take candles and we're going we're to participate in a tradition that many churches over many years for a long time have done. And we're going to sing a song, we're going to light a candle and but see, one of, one, of the, one of the messages that Scripture tells us that one of the ways that God describes himself, Jesus says this, he says, I'm the light of the world. He, here's the thing, and maybe this is a really great realization for all of us this year in 2020, is that in the, in the, in the daylight, in the middle of a day on a sunny day, a candle is hardly noticeable. But in the darkness, in the despair, in the fear, in the uncertainty, in the brokenness, the light shines the brightest. And so we come to remember this life that was born in, this God who came after us. This, this evening, will you, will you choose to draw near to the God who is a God of restoration and life and redemption, a God who wants life and goodness, and grace, and mercy for you.